What's up, guys? Thank you so much for joining us on GCC Talk, the weekly podcast from Grace Community Church in Crossville, Tennessee. And I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful wife, Jessica. Hello. And our awesome women's ministry director, Teresa. Hello. All right. (laughs) And today we are going to be talking all about what does that mean? And we're going to be talking specifically today about what does what is communion, mm-hmm. what is the importance of the blood of Jesus, and what is the importance of baptism. Mm-hmm. So three uh, kind of tough, possibly confusing topics. We're hoping to unpack that today. But before we get started, I want to ask a random question. What was the last purchase you made for yourself? Uh, that, that's like non-perishable. It's not like food or something, but your last thing you bought for you. And Teresa, as always, would you like to start us off? Sure. <laughs> the last thing that I bought for myself was um, house plans for my Ooh, house. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. And it's pity. <laughs> yes, it is. I got, I got to admit to you guys, this this question was not completely random. I prompted it prior to this, and <laughs> Teresa already showed us our house plans, and it's pretty amazing. All right. Jessica, the last thing you bought for you? I bought painting supplies at Hobby Lobby. Yeah. I was with you. All yep. Right. <laughs> I um, could go broke in Hobby Lobby. I yeah. could too, especially the new one. Yeah, the new one has a lot of stuff um, and a lot of stuff on sale. Haven't been there yet. You need to you go. You don't need to go. Yes, you do. <laughs> it's it's very nice. Uh, the last thing I bought for me was I actually bought a logo. I had someone draw a logo uh, for me for my Twitch channel uh, on Fiverr. I, I typically do logos and stuff myself, but this is just not a style that I can do. So I decided to hire it out to an expert. Um, but he did a really good job, and I really I thought like you it. were an expert. I'm an expert in certain types <laughs> oh, okay. of logo. I'm more of a corporate designer. This is like a cartoonish anime style, oh. uh, and I just you have to actually have drawing ability. I don't have that. <laughs> I, I'm good with a computer, not with pencils. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Okay, so we're going to get started. We're talking all about communion. Um, now, I personally have had a strange experience with communion. <laughs> Uh, so as a as a teenager, I went to a church with one of my friends, and on this particular day, we happened to be taking communion. They may have done this all the time. I have no idea. But I know that day they took communion and did not do a very good job of explaining what we were doing. <laughs> and I, being unchurched or whatever, like I had never really been in church, and I had definitely never taken communion, all I know is some strange guy was handing me Kool-Aid um, <laughs> and what I'd seen on TV. So naturally, I thought I was kind of joining a cult or something. Um, Nonetheless, I drank it. Uh, I was just ready to go that day, I guess. (laughs) You 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 didn't didn't die. I didn't die. I didn't die. So, yeah, but I I drank the Kool-Aid. I did the communion thing, which now I know I shouldn't have because I was not a Christian, but didn't then. Um, So we don't want anyone else to experience that. Right. We want to explain (laughs) what communion is and why we do it. Right. Okay. So who who wants to tackle this topic of communion? Who wants to kick it off? Well, I can just start us off with saying that, uh, you know, when Jesus was in the uh, at the Last Supper with his disciples, he um, took bread and broke it and he took wine and drank it. So this is my body. Luke twenty two nineteen it says, and he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And so he told them that any time that they ate and drank, that they were to do that in remembrance of him and mm-hmm. to give thanks um, for the sacrifice that he was about to make. Right. 
And uh, one one cool thing too is when he did that uh, was actually during the Passover. Uh, yeah. So it was at the Passover meal, which for these Jews would have been the, the biggest, this was their Christmas, right? This was the biggest event of the year for them. Right. And at the Passover meal, he says, he says that, you know, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood poured out for you. But if you remember what Passover is, Passover is when the plagues came to Egypt and God said, you know, put the, the blood of the lamb on your po on the outside your door and the angel of the Lord will pass over you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was the blood of the lamb that actually saved them. And we go, you know, some 2000 years later and it's the blood of Jesus that's going to save them. It's, it's all very, um, uh, foretold yeah it's all connected it's It's all all foretold um so yeah there's a lot of really cool stuff that goes on there but we Mm -hmm. celebrate communion and that's what it's a celebration is we celebrate communion in remembrance of the sacrifice that jesus did for us that he he was the sacrifice that took our place on the cross right the ultimate sacrifice so we don't have to sacrifice those lambs anymore (laughs) exactly we get to save our our pretty little livestock Yeah. yeah so that's why we do communion is just that we we do we we eat of the cracker now right we we've it's no longer unleavened bread it's an unleavened cracker from mm-hmm. some factory somewhere <laughs> and it's it's grape juice typically mm-hmm. and we do that not because there's power in the bread or in the juice we do that in remembrance of the body that was broken for us the blood that was shed on the cross for us right is the symbolism mm-hmm. yeah some churches do communion every mm-hmm. week. Yes. And some uh, do it on special occasions. Uh, we started doing it on the fifth Sunday of mm-hmm. each month because um, it can be confusing for visitors. It can. And even for um, longtime members, it can just become a ritual that yeah. is meaningless if, yeah. if you do it every Sunday and you just. Right. And you, you don't, know. And we don't want that. No. Yeah. I no. had never done communion until we came here. Right. Like until we had it here. And I always thought that that was just something that Catholic people did. (laughs) I never really understood that it was Christian too. But yeah, I never understood that it was, you know, a Jesus follower thing to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) necessarily. But yeah, Yeah. now it's really special to me. But I don't think it would be as special to me if it wasn't or if it was all the time. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah, it would become very habitual that you just do it because you're supposed to do it. You eat the cracker now and you drink the juice now and, and now you get to sit back down and like, yeah. you know, like it's, it, it, it would become that kind of ritual that you didn't really think about. Yeah. Right. It yeah. loses its meaning. Yeah. And you know, you should, if you're a Christian, then you should take communion. <clears throat> I mean, if you're not a Christian, then it, it just wouldn't mean anything right. to you. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sure that there are people who, when the, when the communion passes in front of them, they probably take it because right. they don't know whether they should yeah. or they shouldn't. Yeah. Or, you, well, you don't want everyone to look at you or anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, I don't think that there's any danger in no. that, yeah. but there's, it just is meaningless. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is it's, it's something done by Christians. Yes. Yeah. Which of course, when I was a teenager, I was not, and I still took it because sort of that same concept. Like you don't want to be the one person that doesn't eat the oyster cracker, right? I mean, like right. everyone's going to be like, what's up with this guy? Yeah. Like, well, I don't know what we're doing, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I did it. I had no idea what was going on, but I, I still partook. But but yeah, communion is for Christians, for followers of Jesus, and it's to remember what Jesus did for us. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so we, we talk about what communion is. It's we, we eat the, the bread for the body that was broken for us. Right. Um, and uh, Pastor Dennis actually tells a really uh, cool 
fact it's not a story it's a fact like that whenever they would um they would make the bread they would actually lay it on crossed sticks and so whenever you'd pull the bread up off of the fire like you'd have crossed sticks and then you'd put it on the fire and you'd lay on that almost like a grill grate when you'd pull the bread up it would have a striped back Mm. oh and so we we think of the body broken for us that's the whips that that jesus had on his back that his back was marked up so that was symbolic of his body being broken for us right um, and then we have, of course, the blood shed for us, which is the blood of Christ and is the next topic on this podcast. Right. You guys see how we did that? <laughs> yeah. Very smooth. smooth. Very smooth. Um, so what is what is the importance of the blood of Jesus? I mean, what is you hear it all the time. We pray in the blood. Uh, we, we talk about the power in the blood. What is it? The blood is symbolic of our salvation. It's like you were talking about the Passover. Mm-hmm. But then also in back in the Bible, you know, an animal had to die as mm-hmm. a right. sinless spot or not sinless, I guess right. animals, but yeah. you know, a spotless, perfect animal mm-hmm. had to die to atone for sins. Um, they had to take them to the priest mm-hmm. and all of those things. And so Jesus was our perfect spotless lamb of yeah. God. That was mm-hmm. the ultimate final sacrifice for us. So we don't have to mm-hmm. do that anymore. So he shed his blood right. for our forgiveness. Right. And there's power in that. There's power in that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it's just that. Just like you said, it's sin had to be paid for with blood. Yes. Prior to Jesus, it was the blood of animals. Right. But it was never sustaining, right? It had to be right. done year to, after year mm-hmm. after year over after and over year. Again. And even then you wouldn't know that you were, you were saved because obviously since you, you, you shed that blood of the lamb since then you've messed up a little bit. You've made some decisions you shouldn't have made. Mm-hmm. And, so next year you're gonna have to do it all over again. Mm-hmm. But the blood of Jesus is so much greater than any animal that it was the perfect blood of God himself. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was the only blood that could be shed to actually cover all sin, past, present, future. In Hebrews 9.22, it says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so everything had to be paid for with blood. Whenever Jesus came, his blood was the blood that covered all things. And again, it kind of removed that year after year thing that it was the perfect blood. So I I don't know. I mean, I think that's the power in the blood, but I think it needs to be explained because a lot of times we can get stuck in there's power in the blood. Yeah. And it's just, it's just cliche. Yeah. You know, or I've been washed in the blood. I've been washed in the blood. That's a fun one. <laughs> that's a fun one. You too. That's that one as a child. That's so odd yeah. for like yeah. people who don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah Cause they take it literally. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, an adult who is not, who is unchurched mm. takes it literally yes. just a child, like a child yeah. would, yeah. you know, right. No, I didn't take a bath in blood. No, Let me yeah. explain. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, there's a YouTube video out and it's like, uh, they ask non-Christians what Christian phrases mean. Oh, and no. it's, it is it's so bad. Oh, no. I mean, because I mean, they ask them that when they ask them like, uh, what, what does it mean to be washed in the blood? And obviously their, their minds go all over the place. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. But that, I mean, that's one of them like washed in the blood. Like, I mean, well, it's kind of it, sad though. Like if you think about it, that that's mm-hmm. the response that people get, because I think as Christians, we can get very, um caught up in our terminology mm-hmm. and want to sm- sound smart and that we know things sometimes yeah. you know or mm-hmm. you know and a lot of the time it's better when we talk mm-hmm. to other people who might not know a yeah. little bit more of simple terms kind of conversation mm-hmm. right. <laughs> yeah well know? 
and I think I think too, like you said, we could say instead of saying I've been washed in the blood, we could say, you know, I was a dirty sinner Mm -hmm. and I accepted Jesus's death on the cross for my sins. Right. And that his blood, his shedding of blood mm-hmm. cleansed me of mm-hmm. my sins. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But it takes more words. It does it takes take more, more words. words but <laughs> and it, and it really you takes need. you to understand what that word, what right. it meant in the first place. Yeah. I think the, the biggest test of like knowing something is being able to explain it to somebody in different words. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so like it really does take a little bit more knowledge to right. explain why does it say that, mm-hmm. you know? Right. It does. I mean, and one thing that I think Dennis taught me a long time ago is he, he said when he was in college, one of the requirements for his seminary class was that he go to a church of a different faith mm-hmm. um, and, and go and just experience from firsthand, knowing nothing about it. But if we think of everything like that, even Christian lingo, what if you heard, I, I don't know, maybe a Muslim or something say, yeah, I was washing the blood. Like, what that changes it yeah yeah or to say i mean i don't i have no idea what they say you know but but if you think of it like that like if someone if you heard someone of a different faith use that same phrase what would you think Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah (laughs) right but i mean that that was a really good point too jessica that you made that explaining it out make sure that we actually know what it means yeah Yeah. because it's very easy to hear all your church friends say washing the blood and you're just running out oh i'm washing the blood yeah do you have no and a lot of people like who are unchurched a lot of the time they Especially if they have like a negative representation of what God and church and Christianity is, when you use those phrases, it might already kind of turn them off of yeah. what you're even trying to say oh, yeah, to them definitely. anyway. It could cause fear in them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're walking into. No. Like if you don't know what's going on there. Yeah. So it's important <laughs> to, yeah. those phrases are really good in Christian circles, uh-huh. but. You know, like, I mean, I'll, I'll admit not. for a long time, I had no idea what a revival was. Yeah. You can imagine what I thought was happening at these tent places. <laughs> well, because all, but, but our experience of if you see that on like YouTube or mm-hmm. anywhere else, they're a little bit exuberant and yeah, they're a little bit different. <laughs> Scary and, in yeah, some in instances. Yeah. And so, like, that's probably the majority of what people think, too, Mm -hmm. when you use those words. Yeah. 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 So. But that's why we're doing this podcast, to break down these big, confusing words (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, and and hopefully just give a down-to-earth real answer about what it is. Yeah. So, spinning off of that, we say washed in the blood, and we've established now that washed in the blood essentially means salvation, right? Mm -hmm. That your your sin was cleansed by the blood of Jesus, right? Your your sins have been made white as snow. Yes. Okay. Shall we sing? So shall we sing? I think, <laughs> we I think should. y'all should. Uh, I should not. Uh, maybe next time. Maybe Tune next in. Time. All right. All right. Yeah. If this uh, if this podcast gets a hundred downloads, Teresa and Jessica are going to sing "Washed in the Blood." There we go. Ooh, we'll harmonize and everything. Sure. <laughs> I hope they hold y'all to that. Y'all don't. Y'all don't know. We can. We can. Okay. I'll start warming up. Yeah. yeah. No, y'all start warming up. All right. So we are we are washed in the blood. Um, that's salvation, but there's a different kind of washing. There is uh, baptism, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, being baptized. So, baptized is another one of those confusing ones. I remember as a non-Christian, I didn't completely understand the concept. I knew mm-hmm. what it was. I had witnessed a baptism, but I didn't understand the concept. Right. So, what is baptism? What's the importance of it? Do you need to be baptized to be saved? People have different beliefs on that. Some people do believe that you have to be baptized to go to heaven. Here at Grace, we don't believe that. I personally don't believe that. Salvation is your uh, personal commitment to God. That's Mm -hmm. between you and God. And um, then your baptism is your public 
commitment um, to God where you make a public statement and let the world know Mm -hmm. that you're being baptized. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to think of it like a marriage, right? Your, your marriage is private, right? Uh, We just going to have a private or not a private, like, okay, it's not private. Obviously people know and in your salvation, people should know you're saved, Mm -hmm. but like our, our ring is sort of the outward sign that we are married. Right. Our ring doesn't make us married. Right. Right. It's, we were still married with or without the ring. Exactly. Right. But the ring shows the rest of the world that we are married. Yes. And you definitely should wear it. And you definitely should wear it. (laughs) I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah, Because you're saying to the rest of the world that I am married. You're Mm -hmm. in baptism. You're saying to the rest of the world that I am a follower of Jesus. Yes. And I'm not ashamed to say that. And I think, uh, so I really like that comparison, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, it's perfect. But when we're baptized, uh, the symbolism of the baptism itself is that when we are lowered down into the water, then um, that is like the death of Jesus Mm. on the cross. And it's the death of our sins. And we come up washed uh, just like he ra- mm-hmm. rose from the dead, we are rising again, right. cleansed from our sins. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think I'd ever heard it put that way until we were baptized. Yeah, yeah, I don't And think I so. think that that was, like, I wonder why mm-hmm. I had missed that. Because, I mean, I, I didn't grow up in church all the time. I wasn't all, like, a consistent yeah. goer of church. But I was there enough to, like, know the basic stories. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I never... I don't know. I never even really asked the question what mm-hmm. baptism was or anything like right. that. Right. Well, I know Pastor Dennis used to teach a class. So if you join the church, you took that class and the, the class would teach about baptism and how that we that we believe that you should be baptized by immersion because some people believe mm-hmm. that you should be sprinkled, right. um, different things like that, that we believe that you should be baptized by immersion. Jesus was baptized by immersion. You know, uh, John the Baptist baptized Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, he and it says that he come up out of the water. So that's how we know that he went down into the water. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. And in almost uh, every instance I can think of, at least at the moment, they found a fountain or they found a a body of water. And that's where they had the baptism. Mm -hmm. Uh, It never says they went and grabbed a bowl and just flick some on them like, you know. Nope. (laughs) So I I can see the the differences there and stuff. And I believe that you should probably sprinkle babies. That's probably good. You should not dunk an infant. Don't dunk an infant. But... Yeah, I, but I even like well, infant infant baptism isn't like right. That's still more of a dedication. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. I I mean, I don't really mm-hmm. believe in infant baptism. Right. Like no. I I believe in making a commitment with God with your child that right you're gonna do right you as the parent. Yeah, you as the right. parent is gonna lead that child mm-hmm. in toward God, right. which is what baby dedications yeah. are. Yeah, exactly. But in some churches they do sprinkle and they believe that the baby has to be sprinkled or baptized. And if, the, if something were to happen to that baby, that the baby wouldn't go to heaven if they right. didn't. And we don't believe that. No. Right. No. Well, yeah, because they, they, they believe in baptism. You have to be baptized to be saved. Right. Right. And, and right. that's sort of the difference. Mm-hmm. And yeah, here at Grace, I mean, and I think all of us in this room, we do not believe that baptism is a requirement for salvation. Right. Right. I just think it's a product of it. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. In a way. Yeah, I think like, it, yeah, it's a product of salvation. Good. I mean, yeah. I definitely think you should be baptized because mm-hmm. you don't want to be married in secret. Right. So you exactly. don't want to be saved right. in secret. Exactly. Right. Um, so, yeah, but a little bonus for you guys today baby dedication all right we just tossed that one in yeah there we weren't even planning right. on that yeah. <laughs> and it just flew welcome all right um yeah so i what do you guys think Did we cover it you want to add anything uh well i, I would like to just add that mm-hmm. you know a child should be baptized whenever or a person should be baptized whenever they 
accept Jesus as their personal mm-hmm. savior when they make that choice on their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's why we don't believe in baby baptism. Right. right. Or some religions or some churches believe that a person should be baptized at a certain age. Mm-hmm. Right. And we don't believe that. You know, if yep. you're if you're 10 and you're sold out for God or if you're 60 and you're sold out for God. Right. Whatever point you get to it is when you should be baptized. Right. There's yeah. no right or wrong time. Exactly. Yeah. Except as a baby. Except before you can well. make that decision. <laughs> right. Because, yeah. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, baptism has to come from a personal commitment with God. Yes. Right. That comes, you, you're baptized after you are saved and you've committed your life to Jesus. So, yes. you're, you are saved. You die right now. You're going to heaven. Yes. But you baptize, you get baptized to tell the world that you're following Jesus. Yes. All right, guys. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next Monday. Bye.